Okay, so today's stop is off Ayin 70. Uh, it's the, what is it, 27th day of the Omer. Um, and we kick off in the middle of Samach Tzermud Bet, um, where it says, Kani Levi'e Yisraeli. It's two dots, it's about, oh, I don't even know. About 15, middle, middle, about 15 lines down in the wide lines. Line starts with the word Minolan. Okay, so these are all the different groups that came up with Ezra, and now what we're going to be doing is just quoting a lot of Sukkim from Ezra, which say most of what the Mishnah said. So it actually, Mishnah actually is, is, is a pretty historical record. I mean, you know, whether everything is explicit in the verses is a different question, but a lot of it is. So let's take a look. Minolan de Saliku, how do we know that every members of Karnim, Levim, and Yisraelim all came up with Ezra? Tirsiv, it says, and the Karnim and the Levim from the nation, and the Mishorim and the Shorim, which is understood to mean the Levim who do the singing or the playing, and those that uh, watch the gates. The Nitinim, so that's the Givonim, and we're going to, that's later in the Mishnah. And all of Israel in their cities. So, anyway, you have Kohen, Levi, and Yisrael. So, moving on. Chalali, Geri, Vicharui. Chalalim, Gerim, and, uh, and freed slaves. So, Chalali, Minalin, how do you know Chalalim? Kohanim that were born from forbidden unions, and therefore do not have Kedushas Kuna. Titanium, we turn to Bryce, Rabbi Yosiomer. Gedola Chazaka. Chazaka is great. Shenemar. Meaning that you can uh, you establish something based on a previous chazaka and you keep that status. Shene Amar, as it says, Okay, so these are the Kohanim that went up with um, with Ezra. So the sons of Chaviyah, the Chavayah, the sons of Kotz, the sons of Barzilai. Okay, and these these people they're called Bnei Barzilai because these people took from the daughters of Barzilai and therefore they were called the children of Barzilai, even though they're really his daughter's children. Anyway, these are the families of the Kohanim that went up with, from, from the Golah. Um, these, here's the word Yichus, these, these tried to find their, uh, their uh, uh, books, not their books, whatever, their records of their Yichus, of their lineage, the Lonim Tzu, and they could not find, bring documentation about their lineage to prove that they were, like, you know, legitimate Kohanim. This is all straight from the Pasuk. And they were sort of uh, um, exiled, um, although Geula normally is redemptive, but Vigoalu might be like Raji said, with an ayin to mean like despised from. They were pushed out from the Kuna. And Hatirshta, who is the name for Nehemia, said to them, Now that you have not been able to demonstrate, to document your Kuna, you can no longer eat from the Kodesh Kadashim, from presumably the sacrifices, until there is a Kohen Gadol with an Urim Vatumim, which there was not in the second day to Mikdash, which Rashi says means like you're saying, you know, until Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, maybe you can prove your Yichus, but until that time, you cannot eat from the Korbanot. Now, now the Gemara here is picking up. This is not the Psukim. So he said to them, in the Psukim, you can't eat from the Korbanot. But, the, but now this point that Gedola Chazaka, which is, but, you know, that they can keep their status quo. So, he, so the, 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 the point that the Gemara is going to make is, although they could 
eat from the Korbanot, but they could continue eating from the Truma, which they were eating in Chutzlaret. And that's Rabbi Yossi's point of Gedola Chazaka. Because even though they could not document their Kehuna, and they could not eat from the Korbanot, they could keep on presuming they are Kohanim yeah. for the purposes on which, because they haven't been disproven to be Kohanim, there hasn't been contrary evidence, there's just been a lack of evidence. Been, been so they have a Chazaka of being Kohanim. All Kohanim nowadays don't have any evidence that they're Kohanim. Um, okay, well, that has to do more with Tumah issues, okay? And we don't have a Chazaka. They haven't been eating Truma. So let's, get, let's read a little bit more and then we can discuss, discuss it. Okay, so the Gemara says, so okay, they couldn't prove their Kohanim, but it wasn't disproven they were Kohanim, so they could continue their status for what it had been so far. So the Gemara says, You retain your presumed status. What would you eat in the exile? Because they had the with things that were sanctified out, you know, in the Gvul, not in the relating to the Mikdash, but relating to all Yisrael. Now, of course, the thing is that outside of Israel anyway, Truma is only rabbinic, but Katya Gvul means in the, you know, outside of the Beit HaMikdash. So in Truma, that's what you would be eat, you, you've been eating until now. Avkan Nami B'Katya Gvul. Here too, you could eat first, you could continue eating Truma, you retain your Chazaka. Thank you. Okay. Um, now, Ulaman Damar Mali Mitrumali Now, we've got a problem though, because there's an opinion that if you see a Kohini Truma, you can presume that he has a, a, a Yichus, that he has a demonstrated lineage, and therefore you're allowed to have him marry into his family, you know, for Yichus purposes. So a Kohen, so, so somebody who's from the Kohanim who can bring Korbanot on the Beit HaMikdash, in the Beit HaMikdash, will assume, oh, he's of an equal status, you know, and they'll sort of intermarry with one another, and that'll be a problem, because you don't, you're, you're now don't, you don't want to let these Kohanim, or their descendants, eat from the Beit HaMikdash, you know, eat from the Korbanot of the Beit HaMikdash, but if he eats Truma, he'll be presumed to have that status. So how are we going to let him eat Truma? So the Gemara answers, Hani da'achol betruma asula... So, um, I'm sorry, this is still part of the question. Hani da'achol betruma asula sukinahu. So if you let them eat Truma, you're going to raise them up, meaning ma'alim, you will, and therefore allow them to eat, to be of the korbanot. So how can we let them continue to eat Truma? And in, in Chutzart, it wasn't a problem. There was no possibility they would be of korbanot. But now they're coming to Eretz Yisrael, and now you are actually making them at a lower status. But if you let them eat Truma, they'll be presumed to be of a higher status. So the Gemara says... Um, no. Shani Hasim Durai Cheskasayu. There it's different because their Chazaka has been questioned. Now, what does it mean their Chazaka has been questioned? So Rashi says that since um, other Kohanim, basically it's been like been made clear, you guys don't get to eat the Korbanot. You guys do get to, uh, you guys don't get to be Makri the Korbanot. You guys do get to be Makri the Korbanot. There already is like a label attached and people understand that, the, yeah, I guess stigmatizes is right the, the, the way it is. Yeah, I mean, that is more reflective of the word so since there was this clear distinction that went on it says you guys don't get to eat from the Korbanot even though you get to continue to eat Truma people understand what the reality is oh them they're eating Truma for a different reason and they won't make that confusion that's what Rashi says Rashi says um, what does Rashi say Tosa says um Oh, Tosus just says because it was known that uh, they looked to try to d- find their documentation and couldn't find it. So everybody knew, would not confuse, oh, maybe they are good Kohanim. Because anyway, they, so one way or another, the point is the historical events made it clear that, that they were only eating Truma and that they were not kosher Kohanim for other purposes. And there was not that concern that one would lead to the other. Okay, let's just read a little more and then I'll take the questions. So, so anyway, we've got this idea you could continue eating Truma. We're not concerned that you're Eating truma, but you can't be makiv korbanot because you can't prove your kohanim, and we're not concerned. Your eating truma will lead to the other thing because everybody understands the circumstances. Okay, now the gemara says like this: 
But when you said this is Gedola Chazaka, it's great. That seems to suggest that it even goes beyond the previous parameters. Now, I don't know exactly why. It could be that it's great that even though now we have tried to find documentation and couldn't, or even though now, you know, you know, nevertheless it continues. But the point is that's normally what Chazaka is. Chazaka is that the status quo continues in the absence of any evidence. So all we really have here is no evidence. So of course Gedola Chazaka, of course we'll continue eating Truma. So what's Gedola Chazaka? So the Elamai Gedola Chazaka, the Neikara Ochel B'Truma De Rabbanan, L'Besof Ochel B'Truma De Oraita. Ah, here's the Gedola. That even though in Chutzlaretz it was only Rabbinic Truma, because it's outside of Eretz Yisrael, and now they're coming to Eretz Yisrael, since they have a status of Kohanim for eating Truma, they'll retain that status vis-a-vis the world of Truma, even in Eretz Yisrael when it becomes Truma de Oraita. So that is a big Chiddush, right? Yeah. It's not like you hair split and say, you do a hair split between Truma and Korbanot, but that's not so hair splitting. Okay, but within the world of Truma, once they have a Chazak of Kohanim vis-a-vis Truma, it's for all aspects of Truma. Okay. The Ebay Seiman, if you want, I could tell you, maybe actually we would hair split and we would say, even now that you're coming to Eretz Yisrael, you can only eat in Rabbinic Truma in Eretz Yisrael. What's Rabbinic Truma in Eretz Yisrael? El. It's all Eretz Yisrael. So Rabbinic Truma could be the places that are not, not sanctified. Not but right, so according to Rashi, that Machlokas we shown him which, uh, which uh, agricultural products are Chayv and Truma de Oraisa. But Rashi says that it is basically only uh, grain, oil, and wine. Mm-hmm. So according to that, any type of fruit or whatever would only be Truma de Rabbanan. So okay, but if we kept you to limited you to Truma de Rabbanan in Eretz Yisrael, what's Gedola Chasaka? So the Gemara says, um, Oh, before we get to Gedolah Chazakah, the first point is, is that answers our previous question. That will protect us against confusing their status. When would I assume that if you're eating Truma, it means you have full Yichos, if you eat Truma, not Rabbinic. Okay, so now we said they would only eat Rabbinic Truma in Eretz Yisrael. So now we're not afraid that it'll lead to a problem with, with assuming they have full Yichos. But the problem then is going to be the next question. So what's the Chiddush? You're continuing to eat what you ate before. That's standard Chazakah. So this is no. When they were eating in Chutzlaret, they could eat Truma Rabbanan and there would be no concern it would ever lead to any problems because there was no Truma Raisa to be had in Chutzlaret. When they come there, it's Yisrael. Even though you could say, wait, we have to, you know, rabbinically, we have to prevent you from eating the truma of fruits in Eretz Yisrael because people will see you eating the truma of fruits and next thing you know they'll be eating the truma of grain which is a very reasonable position so the point is no we're not going to let our rabbinic concerns that one case might slip to another if it would contra- contravene the chazaka that you already had okay so nevertheless one minute uh, they could keep on eating the rabbinic truma uh, I'm sorry did I skip a line? Uh, okay, so here was the point. Anyway, now what does this have to do with the fact that they're halalim? Meaning, it's still a little funny. Remember, this, the larger point here is to prove the Kohanim halalim came with them. So far, what we've proven is that Kohanim that cannot prove their yichus came with them. But, presumably not prove their yichus. You know, nowadays we say, how do we know anybody is a Kohen? And we say the same type of an idea. Or everybody has a chazak. They have a chazak, I can't really prove it. There's a presumption. Okay, here, 
it seems like the question was a little less how do we know they're Kohanim and more how do we know they're Kohanim Kshirim right? how do we know they're not Halalim right? and they're, you know, that sort of seemed to be more the issue so because basically this whole group of Kohanim that, that could not prove they were not Halalim came up that's sort of what the Gemara is saying is that's the Halalim that came up not like identified as Vadai Halalim but basically questionable Halalim they could not prove that they had a, had a clean Kohen lineage so since they couldn't prove they had a clean coin lineage they might have been Halalim they were not allowed to eat from the Korbanot but because they had a Chazaka of eating Truma in Chutzlaret they were allowed to continue eating Truma whether Truma de Raisa or Truma de Rabbanan but they were allowed to continue eating Truma which proves the other point which isn't our focus of Gidola Chazaka yes Michael yeah, so what I'm trying to understand is you know there's Chazaka like alright Chazaka sitting in the seat every day you know then Chazaka like Truma right you know, if a non-coin eats Truma the penalty is pretty heavy so and also if you look in the Torah I mean at least to me maybe, maybe right. not seeing it it seems like a package deal you eat Truma and then you also eat Kachim where, where are we meaning if you're able to if you're, if you're right. presumed to be able to eat Truma you're presumed to be able to eat Kachim okay fine maybe there's like you can't a, uh, right so like the why why and where based on what are right Okay, so the first question is that, you know, that's the point of Gedola Chazakah, that it actually is true, that you continue to make halachic assumptions with huge consequences based on previous status. Um, you know, like, I mean, uh, the whole beginning of Ksuvot is a question about about a woman who wasn't a virgin, who was found that not, you know, that, 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 that she wasn't a virgin. There was a question about had, had she committed adultery and not committed adultery. All these different types of questions, right? I mean, and, I mean, or a question about, I don't know, you shecht an animal and you find a nick in the knife afterwards and when did it get the nick in the knife when did the nick or whatever and you say Gedola Chazaka and you basically you can eat stuff that might be Nevela you can go ahead and uh, and you know and, and have sex even though the woman might be a Nida yes Gedola Chazaka you make huge halachic decisions based on Chazaka now your other question is a good one and actually ties into this week's Parsha which is Emor so I should say something about that which is is that normally we assume that Chazaka is about status and your point is like make up your mind Either you say their status is Kohanim, or their status, or you know, or it, it's not, or it's a status of a halal or non-Kohanim. Right? What do you mean? You're considered to be a Kohen as far as what we know you've been practicing. So as far as laws of truth are concerned, you have a chazak of a Kohen. As far as these other things, you don't. Now you could say that, but it's funny that you are allowed to apply those different lenses. On the other hand, that's the reality. The chazak was established within a certain area, um, and that you know, and maybe the level of proof was the standard of proof was lower in that area and it's not justified to jump to the other one. This plays out actually nowadays in this issue about Kohanim because of the question about when a question comes up about a Kohen marrying let's say a woman who's a, who's a Grusha. Okay? And the post can have to look for a basis of leniency. You know, and they sometimes come up with certain Sveikot like meaning okay so a woman what, 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 was she really a Grusha? Maybe it wasn't a good Kiddushin to begin with with the first husband. You know, not make the kids call no, 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 no. To allow the Kohen to... I mean, you could say that, but it starts with to allow the Kohen to marry the, per, the presumed Kohen to marry the presumed Grusha, okay? Those cases come up to rabbis a lot, okay? Okay? Can I marry this woman I just fell in love with? She's a Grusha, I'm a Kohen. All right? So the, often that goes through two approaches, trying to figure out maybe she's not a Grusha and maybe you're not a Kohen, okay? So maybe she's not a Grusha. You go, well, you know, I don't know what's the Kiddush and Kasher to begin with and da 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 and all of that. 
But sometimes what goes into that factor, maybe you're not a Kohen, is, well, nowadays anyway, like, how do we really know that anybody is a Kohen? Okay? Because, you know, it's just like a Chazaka. So we're not really sure. So maybe you're not. So this idea of throwing in that Safek, you know, I mean, it comes up in other cases, right? Like a Kohen, God forbid, a Kohen's wife is raped, and then there's a question, can he continue living with or whatever? How much can you throw, uh, throw in the possibility maybe you're not a Kohen? So that's, but that does get discussed in the cases of who can a Kohen marry or stay married to. So the question with Rav Moshe was dealing with was a case about Tuma. And, um, uh, I, I, by the way, I, I didn't double check this, so I'm saying this from memory, so have to double check to make sure the p- p- specifics are correct. But from what I remember, and it might have been a case actually about the whole issue about a Kohen becoming a doctor, and can he work on a corpse, but it was some case of, I, I'm pretty positive was that, some case of a Kohen and Tuma, and somebody wanted to make the argument, well, let's use the same question. We're not really sure I'm a Kohen, so throw that suffix into the mix to make it more possible to allow the Kohen to become Tameh. So if Moshe said there's a big difference, he said, when it comes to getting married, you haven't really established a chazaka. It's not like you have been now, you know, throughout your life, uh, um, not marrying grushas. Like, you know, there's like no sense to that, right? So there's no practice that has demonstrated that in the world of marriage, you know, in a, in a very clear way, like if you've been dating a hundred women, and every single one was discovered to be a grusha, and then you cut it off, so that would have demonstrated by your actions that you're going in the world of marriage. But that's probably not what happened. So nothing in your actions demonstrated that within the world of marriage you are, have established yourself as a Kohen. But in the world of Tumah, it happens all the time. The Kohanim have to avoid things. Avoid going to a cemetery, avoid going to a hospital, avoid this. So your practices have established you as a Kohen in the world of Tumah more than they've established you as a Kohen in the world of marriage. So when it comes to a Tumah issue, you really have an established Chazaka. And you can't play around so much to say, well, maybe I'm not a Kohen. So you can't be naked as, as much. Whereas in the world of marriage, you, your practice hasn't really established you as much as a Kohen. So there maybe there's more to play around with. Very fascinating way of thinking about that. But that really reflects exactly what you're saying. Like, make up your mind. Do I have a Chazaka of being a Kohen or not? So here we sort of see, you know what? through the lens of Truma Truma you have established a practice of being going here it's Lakula I was talking about whatever Lakhumra the other way but in the world of of Korbanot there's no practice that's established you so you don't have that status and so we actually do differentiate you're saying Rav Moshe does differentiate yeah here's the Gemara you're right it's a big Chiddush you would say it's a package deal but this is saying no through one halachic lens you've established that status through another halachic lens you haven't Charlie gets called on first because he had his hand up yes <laughs> Given, given the yes. level of intermarriage that was described later in State for Ezra, it's a, it would be surprising if there weren't lots of Kavalim among the priests. Well, you mean because of all the intermarriage? Yes. Right. Well, that's exactly that's exactly part of the problem. Yes, Rabbi Dov. So, it just sounds out like, you know, you structure reality through legal concepts. Sometimes you're going to be satisfied with... Um, with diversity and inner contradictions in a nuanced way and sometimes you're going to insist that a life be consistent in right also the Nafkamina from before is that this guy can have like a bowl of Cheerios with blueberries in Baghdad but when he gets to Jerusalem he can only have the blueberries right okay. yes uh, <laughs> one other thing about the about the rabbinic trauma not all of their sister was right. Right, I had mentioned that too. Yes. So do we then establish this chazaka for the kids? Like, let's say the coin marries. 
Grusha, then we find a way, but then we don't let these other, these kids then now duchen or like... Right, once you're assuming, that is correct. Once you've allowed him to marry a Grusha and assume he's not a Kohen, then the kids would not be Kohanim Mather. Anyway, I mean, Mother stuff they wouldn't. Either he's not a Kohen and they're Yisraelim or he's a Kohen and they're Chalalim. Okay, anyway, so the Mother says like this. Um, okay, so the Mother says like this. V'haksiv, but doesn't the verse say, V'ayom ha-tirshta, which is Nechemya. Lahem, asher lo yochlu mikadshe ha-kadashim. So, mikadshe ha-kadshim udu lo yochal. Ha-komidi neichal. So, one minute. But how could you say that it's only Durabanan? It says that you they won't eat from the Kadshe Kadashim. Right? Because that means that they could eat from all other things, which presumably includes, you know, Trumadiraisa. Okay, so the Gemara says, Hachikamar, lo midi de mikri kodesh, the lo midi de mikri kadashim. No, you can't eat kodesh and you can't eat kadashim. What's called kodesh? Truma is called kodesh. Lo midi de mikri kodesh, the same chazar lo yochol kodesh. Okay, yep, there you go. So that's Truma. So that's, this is within the world, within the approach that I can't eat Truma de Oraisa. If they could eat Truma de Oraisa, the Pasuk is good. Don't eat kadashim, kadashim, don't eat korbanot, but yes, eat Truma. But if they can't, can't eat truma de oraisa. Kodesh kadashim means kodesh or kadashim. Okay, so don't eat truma. The lomi didn't meet kadashim. Now kadashim you would think means korbanot, but we're actually going to say yes, but even a lower level of korbanot. If a batkoin is married to a non kohen, she cannot eat in the trumat kadashim, which refers to the chazay and the shok, the kohen's portion of the shlamim. Something that is separated from the Korbanot, which means the Shlamim. So the Shikid, I mean, Yisrael can eat Shlamim, but this is the Chazay and Shog, the Kohen's portion of the Shlamim. Okay? Anyway, they cannot eat Korbanot, they can't eat Truma, according to this, Truma Doraisa, but they could eat Truma Dorabanan, Losochel. Okay, so that's how you know Chalalim. But again, interestingly, not like in established Chalalim, just Suffolk Chalalim. Okay, so the Gemara says like this, Geri Vicharui, how do you know Gerim and freed slaves came up with him? Minalan, Amaravchiz, Amaramakrat, and all those that separated themselves from the impurity of the nations of the land, which basically means that they had been non-Jews. So if, how do you get, how are they now, what are they now, how, how were they non-Jews and now they're not? Either they're converts or they're freed slaves. Okay. So these two, uh, people who are non-Jews and one is a slave um, heard there were many in Judea that were had taken an oath to the to, to, to this person this Tuvya who was a slave okay uh, because he was a son-in-law to Shechenia ben Arach so this slave was a son-in-law to Shechenia ben Arach which me, who was Jew which means this slave had married this Jewish woman Okay, um, and Yehonatan, the slave's son, had also married the daughter of this other Jewish man. Okay, so these slaves, important slaves, slaves of status, whatever, anyway, had married Jewish women and presumably had children. So those would have been sla- uh, those would have been. Uh, uh, mamzerim. Now, th- now, is that really true? A slave and a Jewish woman is a mamzer? So the Gemara is going to question it. The Gemara says like this. The Evan Ababat Yisrael of Lad Mamzer. 
And if a slave has uh, sex, and this would be the opinion that the child would be a mamzer. Why? Because it would be a marriage that Kiddushin isn't binding. So the child would be a mamzer. We obviously do not pask in that way. Right? That's the case of a child of an intermarriage where the father is not Jewish, where we pask in the child is Jewish and not a mamzer. Okay, so the Lord says, That's good if that's your opinion. That because marriage wasn't binding, the child is a mamzer. But the way we paskin that the child of that is kosher, Michael and Neymar. What can you say? Okay, he that doesn't. That how do you prove that Mamzerim were part of the p- population? The two. Mimai da havelu Not only that. Mimai da havelu How do you know that they had children? He just said they married these women. How do you know that they actually had children from those marriages? The two. Mimai da havelu b'saliku. How do you know they had those children in Bavel and came up to Israel? Those children you just quoted were describing the reality in the land of Israel. It said Bihuda in Judea. Okay? So, maybe, maybe, maybe these marriages occurred in Israel. You were trying to prove that these were Mamzerim from Bavel that came to Eretz Yisrael. From here. The Eile HaOlimi Tel Melach Tel Tcharasha Kruv Adon V'Imar these are the fathers that came up from the, you know, from these various locations, presumably. It's describing locations, okay? Tel Melech and Tel Tarcharsha are locations. Um, okay. The Amar, the Lo Yuchlu Hagid Beit Avutan, they could not say who their, which, which, you know, parental house they were, I mean, you know, which uh, sort of uh, family they were from, paternal house they were from. The Zaram, and, um, and, or their, you know, their, their, their Zaram, which actually says means they couldn't tell, in this context means they couldn't even tell where they they're descended from even their mother. In Israelim, they couldn't clearly prove that they were Jews. Okay, straight pasuk. They had a part of the group came up who could not even prove that they were Jews. It didn't mean that, that they were non-Jews. They didn't know whether they were Jewish or not. They couldn't prove that they came from a Jewish family. So now we're going to say, tell Melach. So these are people like that are their acts were like the acts of Sodom. That they that was overturned into a pillar of salt. So what does that prove? That proves Rashi says that according to a certain midrashim, Sodom basically they were known for uh, adultery, and therefore if a group is compared to the those of Sodom, Tel Melach, what? Melach, yeah. What did I say? No, I was trying to say Melach. If I missed something, okay. Anyway, okay, I'm sorry if I mispronounced it. All right, anyway, so they are, um, um, uh, anyway, so they're like Sodom, so they had committed adultery, which means their kids were Mabzerim. So based on that Russia, I mean, the, the puzzle emphasizes that they didn't know that they were from, that, that, that they were Jews. They couldn't prove that they were Jews. But what the Russia is, is that actually the first group is, is that they were Mabzerim, that they came from a place which was rife with adultery. Tel Harasha, Shakare Abba Vimo that's the harasha means like chirech, silent. So the guy says, "Daddy, daddy, daddy that's a shuki." So we're going to use this pasuk to, to get mamzerim shuki menasufim. Okay, so we've answered. We've dealt with the, the remainder of the list of the mishnah. Okay, so so he says, "So he says, daddy, daddy," and mom says, Shh, "Be quiet." Okay, and the last one is like they couldn't prove at all. You know that they were from Israel, right? The the, the person who doesn't know who his father is still knows he's from Israel. He's from he's a Jew, 
he's from Israel. But the third group couldn't even prove that they were Jewish. They didn't even know who their mother was. Yeah. Okay, that's the Asufi. That's the foundling. Okay. No, 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 now we're going to have the Russia. But the first point is that that Pasuk allows us to include, right, Manzerim, Shtukim, and, uh, and Asufim. And Nesinim, by the way, we didn't explicitly point it out, but you remember, the, the Nesinim appeared explicitly in the Pasuk earlier. So we've got the whole list now. Okay, now we're going to do a drasha. Kruv Adon v'imar, Amar Rebbe Avoam, okay, Amar Adon Ani, Amar Adon, so the master said, God said, so it's Kruv Adon, Ani Amarti, I said, you Yisrael Lefanai Chashuvim Kikruv, that the Israel should be as important to me like a, the cherubs, like the angels, okay, not like a uh, gourd, okay, <laughs> like the cherubs, the, what? Cabbage, right, the Haim, Samu Atzam Kinamer, so this is probably what Imar, Imer, right, Imer, that they made themselves like a, what's in Amer, a leopard, Right, you know, like a distrustful, uh, you know, the left change its spots. Or so, although that can't change, can't change the spot. It's true. Anyway, well, somebody actually told me. Somebody, my, I have my nephew is really just use a word to to to, to say like like a hypocrite in in in, in Hebrew. I think was was it, what was it? Is it was it minuma? No, minuma was it? spotted. No, spotted. What was it? Savua. What? Yeah, Tavua. Tavua, Tavua is also a um, a jackal. A jackal. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's okay. So it was a similar type of an animal. Anyway. Okay. So um, anyway, they made themselves like these untrustworthy animals. They go ahead and they commit adultery and so on. So uh, you know, and have and and ma- intermarry and all of that. So that's uh, uh, you know the God's commentary on that reality. Okay. Um, uh, where were we? Uh, I mean, some say I'm Rabbi Avahu, I'm Adon. The master said, God said, Alpha Pishu Samuatman Kinamer. Even though they made themselves like a leopard, even though they acted in this untrustworthy way and inappropriate way, they retain their, you know, their, their status before me. I love them still. They're as important as as the cherubs. Okay, slightly different Russia, right? <laughs> Which way you end? Now, this is a cluster that will be important because now the Gemara is going to have. A, I, I can't call it really a gothic it's a sort of it's a values digression about talking about this problem about yichos and you know and now we really sort of confront these uh, this issue like the sort of an egalitarian ethos you know about like who really cares who your parents are it's all about like you know what you've accomplished and so on especially the world of Torah right is a world about that uh, you don't you know the famous Mishnah in Horios which is which is exactly built on this sort of question about hierarchy and status is like you know like who do you say first you know Kohen then Levi then Yisrael you know Kohen called him the Levi Levi called him Yisrael Yisrael called him the Nisin Nisin called him the Mamzer you know it goes through this whole list essentially reflecting our Mishnah but then it says Amatai says the Mishnah but if you have a Mamzer who's a Tamil Chacham it's Kodim the Kohen Gadol Am Haaretz which basically means that the world of Torah is the you know is the sort of equalizer it is fundamentally egalitarian and it's based on your accomplishment within Torah none of these issues really matter right so you have very different ethos from like the rabbinic Torah world and the Beis Hamikdash Kohen Levi Israel hierarchy world 
So it's interesting to know, right, how is the Gemara going to approach this Mishnayot and this reality that is bringing on all of these issues of hierarchy, right? Now, some of it, you could say, has really, like, halachic nafkim, there's obviously moms are still a problem, but other types of things, like, is it important, should I try to marry a Bas Kohen, or should I marry a Bas Talmud Chacham? Right, the Gemara is clear, you're better to marry a Bas Talmud Chacham than to marry a Bas Kohen, right? You know, but what if so, so, it's, keeping that in mind, it's going to be interesting, because the Agatha's were going to read, or the passages we're going to read, are going to be very in line with the ethos of this Mishnah, and not what I would sort of consider the normal rabbinic Torah type of ethos, you know, Talmud Torah ethos. So let's take a look. Um, yeah, no, 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 it's Torah. No, 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 it's not Adios. It's Torah. Okay. Amar Rabbi Barbarchana, Kolon knows the Isha Shaina Hogenis low. Anybody who marries a woman that is not sitting for him, now you could say maybe she doesn't have the right midos, but it's clear from the context that it means she's of a lower yichus than he is. Okay, that it's like he melach. Um, I did that again. Okay, it's like he plowed the entire world and uh, you know plowed it and, and planted it with salt, so destroyed the entire world. That like you plow and then you pour salt and you destroy the land. Okay, like he destroyed the entire land. Shenemar they the holy mitel melach melach. I did again. Tell harasha. So there, here we were in the harasha as word of plowing. Okay, so here these people that were of a lower social status or yichus status, and it's like the whole world had been plowed over and uh, plowed in with salt. I'm a rabbi baravada. I'm a rab. It's like you're ruining the person. It's like you're ruining the person of that stuff. Well, I don't know. It's also, look. Yes, well, that's what it is. The whole idea of, right, the whole idea of, right, about, about, I mean, you know, by the way, what the word for farming is, is, is husbandry, right? The whole analogy of plowing and planting seeds. I'm serious. And, and something, right. This sounds like chorus. What? Well, yeah. But that's the point. I mean, Husbandry is, I thought, raising animals, no? Oh, is it? I thought husbandry was raising cattle. Oh, maybe you're right. We'll have to check that. Charlie can check for it. Anyway, but either way, either way, the point is, the idea, yes, about plowing and planting seeds and children going forth, it's all very much about, you know, this metaphor for, uh, you know, for, 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 for marriage and for, and for children and so on. So you are creating and perpetrating sort of, you know, spreading in the world this, these lower class of people, these people of lesser yichos, which is destroying the world. Okay, so ba- making the world right, barren. Okay. Um, anybody that marries a woman for money, now again in the context, what Rashi says this means is why would you marry somebody of lower social status? Well, maybe she's very wealthy. Right? Why would somebody go down in status, you know, you know, in terms of who they're marrying? It could be they fell in love. But okay, let's ignore that. <laughs> very often, you know, you have these classes in England, right, to these uh, the upper classes that were like impoverished, right? And then the question is, do you marry a lower class that's a wealthy, low, you know, somebody from lower class is very wealthy. Alright, so anyway, um, so here again, it's about the children. The children will turn out improper. Um, they rebelled against God because they had foreign children. So, and we'll see in the end how we tie it into this idea of money. But this means that the result of also of you know of these of 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 going to this lower class 
leads to actually bad character. Now, by the way, the Gemara cannot say that it's usher across the board to marry somebody from a lower social class because there are people in the lower social class who are they supposed to marry, right? So the best we can hope for is to not get things any worse. So to keep three people from the higher social class marrying among themselves, right? So that's sort of the, why the f- emphasis is don't go to this lower social class. Um, um, maybe you'll say, okay, but you know, the kids turn out bad, but at least, you know, you married for money, at least you'll be able to be wealthy. Your money will be saved. Now, even in, in a month, will be destroyed their portion. Maybe the money, the man, who married this woman who was more wealthy, the man's money will be destroyed. The low chelka, but not the money she got from her family. their portion. Fine, it'll take a long time before their money goes, you know, gets to, goes to waste. in a month. My mashma, one month came, the other month left, right? By the end of the month, their money is all destroyed. All right. Anybody who marries a woman not, that is not deserving to uh, fit for him, again, in terms of social status, Eliyahu Kofato, Eliyahu binds him up against, like, the uh, post. who wrote so, and God is the one who gives him lashes. Okay? And we also have another writer, Al-Kulam, on all of them, Eliyahu Kotev, Eliyahu writes the following writ and God signs it. Woe to he who, who uh, you know, invalidates his children, you know, stigmatizes his children. So again, it's about the children that are, that are born. And stigmatizes his family. And who marries a woman that is not fit for him. So basically, God has now, you know, will give you your punishment and, you know, and proclaim your, the, the, the evil of what you have done. Okay, the next four words are just repeating it. The uh, strikes them out. Okay, the Kala Posel, this seems to now be continued what is sort of written in this writ that Elio writes and God signs. Interesting why we pick Eliyahu. Some say, what does Eliyahu do? Like, Eliyahu, you know, Eliyahu is up in heaven, you know, and Eliyahu also, you know, he is up there alive in heaven, and Eliyahu is the one who is, you know, you know, uh, who is Nokem Nikmat Hashem, you know, when God says, Eliyahu, what are you doing here, right? And he says, you know, you know, everybody betrayed your trust, and I remain faithful, so he here is the one that ensures not necessarily about Averas, but that everybody is sort of like remaining faithful, okay? Who got the Kola posel pasul veino veino olam. Now it's uh, it's not clear if this is if, or b'shevach liolam. Anyway, it's not clear if this is part of the writ that Elio is writing or this is now the Gemara speaking. But anybody who invalidates, right? Who basically you know um, who says? But now we're sort of switching. Okay, this is if it actually occurs, it's disastrous. But if somebody goes around and claims that somebody, oh you, I know you, you know your you know, your father was a mom there. Oh you, your family was so and so. Somebody that goes and tries to if God writes the writ and if Elior writes the writ and God signs it okay then that inval- then we know that that family is a problem but there's a difference between saying that the family is a problem and saying now that everybody is going to go and try to stigmatize you know if you actually do we, do we well, how do we treat rumors and claims that people say 
in a world in which we're highly sensitive to status issues, which is what this is describing, or maybe the problem is we weren't so sensitive in Chazal, right? At least the 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 the, 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 the you know the the the, the ball of this memra is trying to get people more sensitive than they were. You don't have to give these exhortations if everybody's already being careful about it, okay? But we're trying so in a world which has the sensitivity, and maybe according to this Gemara, trying to heighten this sensitivity to these issues about yichus and status. You can also imagine that an easy way to defame somebody is to claim something about them and their family status. So the counterbalance to this is, it's true, it's terrible if you do this thing about going to like lowering your class and marrying with a status that has a lower status. But if you claim that about somebody, right, then that, and without, and it's not known and that there's no evidence, the co-op pas posel, pasul, you yourself are invalid. So the call means however... And no, I wasn't reading it like that. Anyone who is posel, the v, right? No, oh, oh yeah, the v is however, the v, right? The v is however, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the v, right? And however, anybody who invalidates is pasul. Right, I can't remember. He's right. Is in self invalid. So the first statement is invalid because you're always just criticizing. You never find anything nice to say about people. You know what's that? Lo- what's the thing? If you don't have anything nice, don't say anything at all. Okay. The but the Amar Shmuel Shmuel takes it one step further and says posel. If you're invalidating somebody else, that's only because that's a problem that you have in yourself. So that normally is conflated. The middle is taken out, and you'll hear the classic phrase Kola posel posel. Anybody who invalidates others, it's because they have that problem in themselves. Okay, which is what is that? The pot cutter calling the kettle black type of a thing. Yes. So this thinks all these rabbis who are puzzling uh, converts are themselves not Jewish? No. So the question is, if you've got... Well, <laughs> good point. We're going to see, even with this statement having been made, that the rabbi still got up and would declare this family is puzzle and that family is puzzle. So, you know, if you're, if you're like... If that's your, your job to actually investigate and identify and clarify, you know, the point is here you're doing it as just calling people names or spreading unfounded rumors, right? You know, so but, it, but obviously, as we've been seeing, I mean, Ezra went and he identified all the different families right? all the different groups so it's not sort of saying that nobody should be doing that job you know but it's sort of saying not every lay person gets to say oh you know this guy's puzzle and that guy's puzzle and so on okay um so let's take a look. Um, okay, now we're going to have a great story, which eventually will circle back to this idea about about Kola Posel and Mumo Posel, but it's a, it's a, it, it, it does a lot of other things in, along the way. Hahu Gavadami Naharda, a certain person from, person from Naharda, the Alabay Meet Pachaya He was visiting Pupadisa and he went to the butcher to buy some meat. And he said to them, the people in the butcher store, Havu Libistra, give me a piece of meat. Okay, Amulay, they said to him, not to adeshakil l'shamei to have you to bar yecheskel menesevlach. You know what? We'll get to you in a minute. You know, but we first have to uh, take care of the uh, the servant, the attendant of Rav Yehuda bar yecheskel is here, and uh, we got to take care. We, 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 you know, we're going to sort of serve him first, okay? And then we'll give to you. So he was very offended. Hey, what do you mean? I got here first. Why are you giving him? I got here first. So Amar man Yehuda bar shavisko the kardimli. So he made fun of the guy's name. Okay. <laughs> he said by Yechezka this is Rav Yehuda the classic Rav Yehuda of the Gemara 
Okay? So he says, who is this Yehuda by Shaviskil? Yechezkel, Shaviskil. Anyway, Rashi also says that Shaviskil could also mean like a, 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 a glutton. Uh, he needs his meat. He's got to get go up first. Who is this Yehuda, the son of a glutton? Okay? The Kadimli that gets to go before me. The Shakumin Kamai that can take before I get to take. So Azu, Amulei, the Rav Yehuda. So he told Rav Yehuda, you know, this guy, this uh, visitor from, uh, from, uh, from, uh, from uh, where was it? From Narda, just like uh, offended you. Like, you know, he just, uh, you know, he, he insulted you. Yeah, um, so, Ashanti. Uh, so Rav Yehuda put him in Cherem. Okay, put him in Nidre. As Rashi says, somebody who, did, who you know, who, uh, you know, who, disgra- who disgraces or shows, uh, uh, you know, who shows uh, um, um, disregard for Talmud Chachamim, you know, asks in a disrespectful way, should be put in uh, in, uh, in Cherem or Nidre. Right. The guy was yelling. He offended Rav Yehuda. I mean, he's not a personal offense, but he, you know, he showed, he showed disgrace to a big Talmud Chacham. So Rav Yehuda put him in, in Nidre. Amru, then they said to Rav Yehuda, you know, this guy goes wrong, and anybody who, like, you could tell, he's a hothead, right? So anybody who offends him, he says, oh, you're a slave, you're a slave. Okay? So, so if you just so then, then proclaimed, this guy's a slave. Okay, this is based on the principle of call a postel, vimumo postel. If he's going around calling everybody a slave, must be that he's a slave. Okay? Now, um... Um, so this guy, this customer, this visitor, who now has been declared to be a slave by Rav Yehuda, went and Asmanei to Rav Nachman. He called Rav, Rav Yehuda to a debate, to debate, to judgment to Rav Nachman. Now Rav Nachman is back in his hometown in um, Naharda. Okay, so this guy now wants Rav Yehuda, who's this major authority in, um, you know, in Pumpadisa, to come to a basin in Narda, where he's gonna, you know, he's gonna, you know, call him to din because he offended him, uh, because he called him a slave. Okay, so Azmanei Ladina Lakamid Rav Nachman, Aisi Pitka Dazmana. So Rav Yehuda took the uh, the, uh, the 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 writ, the writ, the subpoena, right, of being called to a basin. Other Rav Yehuda will come into Rav Huna. He went to Rav Huna, okay, off in, you know, they're still, they're in Pumpadisa there. Okay, this guy went back to Narta. He went to Rav Huna. And he said, I'm away. Should I go ahead now and go to Narda to stand in front of a basin with this, uh, with Rav Nachman? So, I'm away. Halachically, you are not required to go. Or not only not required, you shouldn't go, and really in principle. You are a great personage. Presumably, you're greater than Rav Nachman it's an interesting halacha question I mean even great people can get called to a basin but also I mean I would imagine that part of the problem is is that Rav Nachman is out of his uh, what do you call it um, jurisdiction. jurisdiction right anyway you really should have no need to go but Rav Nachman is however a son-in-law of the house of the Nasi so you know so out of respect for them and part of the whole problem here was an issue of who's paying respect to whom out of respect for that you should go go fine, go, go to the basin for Rav Nachman. Now clearly, Rav Yehuda was not happy that he was going to have to make this, not only make the trip, but you know, submit himself to the authority of Rav Nachman when anyway, the whole point was he was standing up for the right for his authority to be you know, respected. So he's going to have some interesting interactions with Rav Nachman when he gets there. Okay? So, Asa asked the Maka. So, he went and he saw that Rav Nachman was making a offense. So, Amalei, Lo Savalei Mar Lahad Amar Avhuna Bar 
Levi Amar Shmuel, Kivan Shinismana Adam Parnas Al Atzibur Asur Biasias Melacha Bisnei Shlosha. So now the whole interaction is going to be that Rav Yehuda is going to be showing up Rav Nachman. That Rav Nachman has has no right to call him to a base din that he's like an, like he's you know nothing compared to Rav Yehuda. Okay. So anyway, so he said to Rav Nachman, he says, I don't understand. Don't you know the teaching of Shmuel? Now Rav, Rav Yehuda was a classic student of Shmuel also. Yeah. Don't you know the teaching of Shmuel that once a person is created given a position of an office over the uh, you know the, the the community he should not go ahead and like mow his own lawn right that's not respectful to the office which is what this was all about right respect of the office and protecting the office so here what are you doing making your own sense right. you know once you're a parnas once you're an up in, uh, a position of authority you you don't do uh, common labor in the presence of other people Amrlay right it's a big question about rabbis right you want your congregants to see you mowing the lawn going shopping and all those types of things what? Jogging. Jogging, right. Although that has more to do with attire, maybe. But anyway, okay, well, you, how do you maintain that uh, status vis-a-vis the Tzibur? So he says, Amale. What do you mean? I'm just doing a, like I'm just like fixing a little a little break here. I'm not building the fence, okay? I'm making a little thing like he was minimizing what he was doing. But the point was was that the word he used for fence now was gundarisa, which is not a common word for fence. So amerle misanya maake. I don't understand why you use this weird word, Gundarisa. What's the problem with the Torah's word? Ma'akeh, offense. Omechitza, demarabana, or the rabbinic word. Now, part of this is going to be not just that he, like, is that the language presumably he was using was a little bit of a highfalutin language, seems to be the point. So it's an interesting mix that, you know, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're holding yourself of this high status. You think you can call me in front of you. And on the one hand, you're like, you know, doing stuff that you should not be doing. You're doing stuff that, that, that is not respectful of your own status and office. You're building the fence. And on the other hand, you're taking on airs that is being a little, you know, that is, that is, also, that is inappropriate. Why do you read it that way? I actually thought the opposite. He's using the common well, because, 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 because I'm reading that way because I know the rest of the story. So let's keep on reading, okay? <laughs> All right. So uh, okay, Amalei. So then, so then, Rav Nachman said to him. He said to him, you know, Yosef Mar Ar Karfita. Why don't you sit on the stool? Amalei Umistani Sasal Damer Why don't you call it a Karfita? Either call it a stool Sasal, which I was called, or Itzba Damer Inchi, or there's the vernacular, or an Itzba, which is what people say. Amalei. Why don't you have an esronga? Amulei, hachi amar shmuel, kol amar esronga. Anybody who uses the word esronga, tilsa beramus ruchai. See, I knew the end of the story. Has a third of haughtiness in them. Oh, esrog, kedekaya rabbanan. Either use the word esrog, which is a rabbinic word. Oh, esronga, damiinchi. But what's this extra nun esronga? So you're speaking on the one hand, you know, you're you're putting on these airs and you're using this highfalutin language, and then and you think you can call me to a based in. You know, and you're taking too much airs for your, you know, too much haughtiness for yourself. And on the other hand, you're, you know, you are building the fence in public. Yeah. Doing the opposite of what was suggested in the sense that he, um, Rav, Rav Kuna was saying, uh, you know, you should, for the sake of the honor of the author, <laughs> right? Instead of degrading him. Yeah, I don't know if it's degrading as much as showing him up, but yes, I do understand. He, he was not, he was not happy that he had to go. Right. I, exactly. Exactly. He was making this point to show I'm here, but I don't, really shouldn't be here. Right, that was clearly it. Yes. Carfita um, and Itzava uh, were Greek. Sarsal is Latin, and Etronga 
is an Iranian cognate for Ethrog. So they're all loan words. So they're all loan words. Okay, fine. Okay. Amalei, Lishimar Anvaga. Why don't you come and have some Anvaga? Uh, so Amalei, Mistani Espargos. I know, we want to say it's asparagus, but apparently it's some type of a drink, of a health drink. And it's a Greek word. The Karyua Rabbanan. Oh, Anfak, Tamiyinshi, or this other word that is the vernacular. What are you again using these fancy words? Amalei. Okay, phew. I'm just trying to be a nice host. Everything I say. Amalei, Tasty. Dunag Taskin Taskinam let Dunag my daughter come and uh, pour us a drink of wine Amrilei Hachi Amr Shmuel here's what Shmuel says Ein Mishtam Shim Isha. you're not allowed to uh, use the no no that's the next thing you're not allowed to use the services of a woman now that could be because it's inappropriate for men to be using the services or Rashi says it's inappropriate for the women to be learn to be too much in the company of men um, anyway so he says Ktani what do you mean she's a minor she's just a kid so I so I so no so clearly, you know, you're, again, you're highfalutin, and at the same time, you're not respectful enough of your office, and you don't know enough halacha anyway. Okay? So he says, Would you like to, would you like to send your respects to my wife, Yalta? This is what Rav Nachman is saying to Rav Yehuda. How can I go and greet your wife? I will hear her responding, and call Yishever. Now, this is important, because people assume Kobi Sheva means the singing voice, but the Gemara never says that. The Gemara says the voice of a woman is Erefa. The Rishonim say nowadays that we have become accustomed to, you know, there's more intermingling with men and women, so we actually sometimes do speak to one another, so we have become accustomed to women's speaking voice. It's only the singing voices in Erefa, which is important because it shows that those categories of Kobi Sheva, whatever, are not absolute. They can change based on cultural context. What you are used to hearing and not used to hearing, used to seeing and not used to seeing, and so on. Very important. And then, like, Sa'arbi Isha'erva, right? The Archa Shochan, Mishabura, that once women aren't covering their hair, right, it's not like it's also to daven anymore in front of a woman who has uncovered hair. Okay, which doesn't necessarily mean it's mutter, whatever, that's a separate question. I mean, it's mutter for a married woman not to, but in terms of whether it's considered an erva or not. So, anyway, here it's clear that Kobi Isha'erva meant speaking voice. How could I greet her? She'll say something back. Shmuel says Kobi Isha'erva. Okay? So, um, I says, Efsayadeh Shaliach. Okay, so don't do it yourself, but send somebody to tell to to, to say hello to her. Isha. You don't even through an intermediary uh, you ask after the well-being of 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 a, of, a, of a married woman because it'll create inappropriate you know sense of uh, who knows what will come of that. So next thing you know, it'll lead to mixed dancing. So he says, so he says, bala. What do you mean? So how, how about to through me? I, you know, I, ask me to, to, to ask after well-being. You know, Rev. Yehuda was here. He, he sent his best. So, You don't ask after the well-being of a woman, uh, you know, of a wife at all, even through her husband, because even through her husband, say, what could be around? The husband's part of it. No. We're afraid that innuendo, it'll lead to one thing, to another. Now, Tosos, of course, asks, what about the fact that the Malachim say, you know, Ayesara So, I... What? Leira Malachim. So I don't know. I, I didn't really understand Tosos's answer. But if you look at Tosos, Ainshalim b'Shalom Shakrav. This is Vadamer b'Soches Aparli. My Yisra Yistecha. Shisholim b'Shalom Ha'Isha Yidei Ba'ala. You can ask after the well-being of a woman through her husband. The Gemara explicitly says, from there you see you can um, of a wife, I should say. Hainu Davka b'Shelos Shalom. 
That's only in terms of she'elat shalom, of a lishloch la bishalom, de bala also. I have no idea what that difference was. Okay, somebody can tell me what that means. But, you know, but it is an interesting, you know, you're talking to a friend, right? Are you not allowed to say, oh, please send my best to your wife? Is that, you know, where, what, what exactly is the, uh, is the difference here? What? You can inquire how she's doing. But you can't send her good wishes. I guess. Oh, sending her a message. Oh, please send her my best. Is that sending her a message? I guess so. So that would be awesome. You know, that you'll have a child. Oh, right. Oh, oh, you mean that's okay to send a message? But they weren't telling her to tell her you'll have a child. They told him you'll, you'll have a child. This, uh, they said, your wife will have a child. They, all that they said was, Ayei Sarai Secha. Ayei Sarai Secha, Maybe. Maybe. I think, I think it's more like Jonathan was saying. People say, how's your wife doing is okay. Tell your wife that I wish her well is not okay, right? <laughs> so, so you're not allowed to say when you're talking to a you know, guy talking to another guy, you're not allowed to say, oh, tell, get, send, send your wife my best. Again, the question is also, obviously, how much does this change? The same way Kobe Isha Erva changes. How much does this change? Based on our context. Is there Let, any other yeah. uh, uh, indication in other places where the more Irish well, right. So the Gemara is going to actually get to that in a minute. Some position that just came up now, but some of these are recorded also. Called the Isha Erva definitely is recorded elsewhere. Mishtam Shimbi Isha is in another Gemara on Payal from its bet. So I, I haven't tracked all of them, but some of them definitely, if not all of them, are elsewhere. Okay, but yes, that's a good. You're, you're thinking ahead already. Okay, now Shalchalei Dvasayu. So now Rav Nachman's wife Yalta, who people might remember, was a pretty. Uh, Sharp, yeah, but also a pretty sharp cookie there. So she sent to Rav Nachman, and she said to him, "Surely, Tigre, you know what? You know, sort of like get rid, you know, like uh, uh, dismiss his case, like get rid of, you know, let's let's let, just get rid of him already." The low nishavach kishar amaret said he won't he won't sort of make you like just a normal amaret, like he's he's showing you up left and right. You know what? Could you please just you know finish his case and get done with this? So Amalei, my shiata demar hacha. So Rav Nachman now had to try to like you know uh, sort of double back and like protect himself. So he said, "Oh, what brings you here, Rav Yehuda?" <laughs> so he says, "Amalei, tiska does menachar shadam arbasra. What are you? What brings me here? You called me to a basin, Amalei." So Rav Nachman said, I don't even understand. I can't even talk to you in a normal conversation. I don't even, you're such a higher level than me. I don't even, you know, I can't even understand your normal conversation. Do you think I would send you a Hasmana to Beisachal? I would never do such a thing. So I think he came with the writ. He took it out of his, out of his like pouch, you know, out of his like, right, you know, breast, like from his uh, jacket. Um, and he showed it to him. And I'm like, Hadiska. Here I am. Here's the man. Here's the writ. Don't claim you didn't send this to me. You sent this to me. You tried to show me that you were a greater authority than me. And it's clear, obviously, you had no right to do so. I'm like, You know what? Fine. Since you've already come here, okay, let's look at the case. So people shouldn't say that we like flatter, like we show favor to one another. You're here, probably was admitting implicitly, I shouldn't have called you. But now that you're here, like we, we have to at least pro forma go through this case. So Amalei, my time is Shamsei Marla Hugaver. Why did you put him in Nidoy? So he says, So he says because he uh, he 
he caused pain to uh, my, uh, my, you know, a, a messenger of the rabbis. He caused pain to my attendant, and he also defamed me. And so, and why didn't you give him lashes? Rav Rav would give lashes to somebody who would cause pain to a, a, a representative of the rabbis. No, it's better to put him in nidoy, which is more lasting and a more clear sort of censure than to give him lashes. My time, why do you say that he was a slave? Because he would call other people slaves as a, as a regular thing. The Tani Kola Pusel Pasul I'm finally getting back to this. Okay, anybody who, who calls other people like, you know, who invalidates other people themselves is invalid. It's because he has the same problem in himself. So, so let's just read one more line and we'll finish up tomorrow. Wait, when does Mishmuel say that it's his own problem? To mean that it's, we should be suspect that that guy has the same issue. That you should proclaim that he's a slave? Take it as a matter of fact? Like that's, isn't that taking it a little far? Again, this is a teaching of Shmuel, right? Rabbi Yudas constantly teaching the teachings of Shmuel. So that is a good question. Like really, you're going to proclaim that he's a slave? And at the end of it is, I'll just read, while they were discussing, so this person, the litigant, came forward and he said to Rabbi Yehuda, you have the chutzpah to call me a slave? I descend from the chashmonayim. So, ah! Amrlei, Hachi Amr Shmuel, called him in Beis Chashmonai Kasina Avdahu. Ah, just proves my point. Because Shmuel says, anybody who says they came from the house of the Chashmonaim is a slave, because that house of Chashmonaim was totally wiped out, right? And it was, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, who was the guy who, uh, Hordis, right? Who, who took over and assumed the name of the Chashmonaim, and Hordis was a slave. So thank you very much for proving my point. You're a slave, and it will continue tomorrow, but <laughs> once, but Rev. Yehuda really uh, showed up the uh, the Rav Nachman.